Greetings and welcome to Gumbo the Podcast. I'm Lindsay Gary, your host. Gumbo the Podcast highlights Africa and its many manifestations from the perspective of African people globally. Focusing on culture and history, its purpose is to educate, empower, connect, and to liberate the African diaspora. On today's episode, which I'm always very excited about every episode, but on today's episode, I'm excited to share that we'll be discussing African womanism. And our guests today will be sharing their knowledge of African womanism and its benefits for all African people. And we're joined by our three amazing guests. We have here today Jennifer Gardner, Rashid Atwater, and Hope Dove. Born and raised in the artistically diverse Chicago, Jennifer Gardner is accustomed to understanding and connecting the nuances of building community and powerful networks. Jennifer has served on the executive board for the Xi Lambda chapter of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, helped numerous nonprofit organizations reorient their goals, and small firms build effective marketing blueprints. She holds a BA in African and Black Diaspora Studies, a minor in International Studies as well. In addition to an MA in Africology and African American Studies from Temple University in Philadelphia, and she specializes in pop culture, hip hop, and community-based education. Yes, bio. Next we have, (laughs) right, we have Rashid J. Atwater, who is a PhD student in the Department of Africology at Temple University. He is the baby boy of Bernard Atwater and Latricia Hunt, brother of Rashad Atwater and husband to Arielle Hullen Atwater. He earned his bachelor's degree in Africology and History at Eastern Michigan University. Atwater also earned his master's degree in in Social Foundations of Community Education and a graduate certificate in African-American studies at Eastern Michigan University. Raised in Saginaw, Michigan, okay, and brought up in a community of interdependence, Atwater focuses his works on African familyhood and community education. Yes, I love all these bios. And Hope Dove is currently a graduate student pursuing her PhD at Temple University in the Africology and African-American Studies Department. She holds an MA in postcolonial culture and global policy from University of London, Goldsmiths, and a BSc honors in psychology from London South Bank University. She also studies sociology at Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. Her key interests are the cultural and psychological impacts of racism within global society with a focus on the cultural construct of race. Yes, how this applies to identity and developing the analysis of recognition within an Afrocentric conceptual framework. These bios are hitting, okay? (laughs) So I'm like super excited to have all three of y'all on today. And let's let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. So I want to start it off with Hope, Miss uh Miss Hope Dove. So can you start off by telling us, you know, some of our listeners may have never heard of African womanism. Some of them may have heard of it. So can you just start off by telling us what African womanism is? Okay. Well, um, I will hope for Jennifer and Rashid to chime in on this. But, of course. Um, it's it's a conceptual framework or worldview um, of the equality of men and women, African men and women, but humans, men and women, um, grounded in the African woman who is the mother of humanity. So this is, um, it's the foundation really of um, respect for humanity starts with the African woman. And so African womanism is really as you say, something that really we should all practice. Um, yes. 
that okay? And so? can you tell us your relationship to African womanism and why I asked you to go first? Yes. As well? um, so it's my mother um, who had who de- developed that theory, um, the theory of African womanism, Dr. Nadav, um, who obviously could <laughs> elaborate much more. I mean, I can, but I think that as a foundation for understanding what it is, and we'll get into it, I think, with the other with further discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think African womanism is so important to discuss for African people. You know, this is a podcast for us. Um, A lot of times, you know, we hear about feminism, feminism, Mm -hmm. black feminism, even there's a book called Hood Feminism, which I always bring up. But, you know, I'm I, I would love for us to really talk about why we're arguing, essentially, that we should all be African womanists as African people. Right. Why not feminists? You know, there's that that saying, oh, we should all be feminists, which sounds great. But, you know, when we look at feminism and breaking it down, we understand that it's rooted in racism. It's Mm. rooted in a patriarchy, even though the goal of feminism is to undo European patriarchy. It only really addresses sexism and things that come from patriarchy as it relates to white women. You know, Mm. and of course, we have new waves of feminism. You have all these different types of feminism. Right. But if you go back to the root of it, which we did discuss on our uh, episode on the European patriarchy, you'll see that it's really rooted in um, something that's not for black women or for black families or black communities and people. Um, so that's really why we're having this discussion. So um, I wanted to see if Rashid and Jennifer wanted to add on to like, what is like, what are some aspects or characteristics of African wo- womanism? Why is it different and how is it different than, you know, Africana womanism or womanism, right? In general, how is it different than Black feminism? Um, well, hi everybody. Uh, can you hear me well? Okay. Yes. Um, I would add to Hope's um, description and definition of African womanism by saying that it's all encompassing, and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons I kind of gravitated to African womanism as opposed to Black feminism or even Africana womanism, which has its limitations. Um, I love the fact that Dr. Nadav put emphasis on culture when it comes to mm-hmm. African womanism, because as we learn from a Diopian view, culture is really the foundation of life in our spirit. And it's how we progress in life. It's how we, um, I don't want to say evolve, but that's how we grow as better people, better communities in, in, in all things. So I think African womanism is a globalized conceptual framework for men and women, African men and women specifically, but men and women like generally to kind of enjoy the the best parts of life. I study pleasure. So the best parts of life without having an oppressive factor kind of limiting where and how they interact with the world and others and and things like that. And I, and I like what you said, too, because I think you brought up a, a couple of good points. Um, first of all, Diop or Jope, right? And I want to talk about who that is, uh, you know, in a second. But then also the cultural aspect, you know, this, this development is, of, of African womanism, you know, is an Afrocentric um, type of uh, framework, right? Afrocentricity, you know, being... Uh, created by, um, and we're talking about, when I say Afrocentricity, I don't mean like, oh, this is Afrocentric because it's African, but I mean the theory, you know, um, which was um, 
developed by Dr. Malefi Keti Asante, and of, of course, extended by uh, the paradigm of Dr. Ama Mazama, right? But really looking at how these things that we call Afrocentric are for African people. They have nothing to do with whether or not other people should necessarily be uh, embodying those things or uh, uh, aligning themselves with that. So this is really for us um, as African people around the world, um, but also, of course, is rooted in our culture. It draws upon, you know, you know, you know, the traditions of Africa before there were all of these, um, you know, invasions and uh, waves of colonization, which infiltrated our culture, you know, in a lot of different ways before there were, you know, European patriarchal people or, or Arabic patriarchal people uh, imposing their culture onto different African uh, societies. This is what we were doing. This is the type of environment that we were living in and what we want to recreate, um, you know, to to oppose oppression, I mean, ultimately for our own liberation. But if there was no such thing as oppression that we experienced, this is how we could be our true African ourselves, our true African selves, right? So it's very, very revolutionary in that sense. Um, Rashid? Kind of going back off the cultural uh, aspect of it, uh, looking at history and true biology, we understand that uh, all of humanity comes from Africa. So all of humans are African people. What has changed us has been our environments over years. And because of those environments, we see these cultural differences. So when we see African people in their right cultural context, in certain environments, we can see the thriving of African womanism. Uh, But what's beautiful about it um, is the diversity that comes within it as well. It's no one strict way of being an African womanist. and it 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 the end goal, at least understanding, is the strengthening of familyhood. So, however, roles uh, uh, need to be played doesn't really matter off male or female. It based off of getting the job done. So, it's not a man or a woman's job to get dishes done. It's just to have clean dishes. So, I think that's one of the beautiful things about it. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because I think when we look at when we think about feminism, you know, a lot of people say, you know, uh, it's about the equality of man and woman. And and that's great because we have to realize, and I don't want to get too much into what we talked about with the previous episode, but it's important for this context to understand that a lot of the things that are being pushed by, you know, feminists or uh, those who are schools of feminism, uh, uh, you know, those who are part of a school of feminism or feminist thought, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with them. Um, always, but there are some aspects that, you know, are nece- not necessarily for us, right? Like, so when we look at feminism or, or things that we were already doing. So when we look at what feminism is trying to say, oh, you know, black, th- that men and women are equal. If you go back to, you know, African societies before there was any type of infiltration, men and women were equal, right? So this idea of like, Oh, and it's really about being complimentary, which is what we'll get into in a second. When this idea of, oh, well, we want to create something, I always tell people, but that already existed in in certain places. So even though it may have not existed in Europe, which is where feminism, you know, a lot of it emerges from is European women in the United States or in Europe. You know, we're like, well, we were already doing that until y'all came (laughs) and said something Mm -hmm. else. Right. In some some situations. So it's important to know that this was already a thing, 
you know, in in and and of course you have exceptions, right? People are like, oh, what about this one exception? I think a lot of times when people think about it, you have to understand it on a on a, a large scale rather than individual behavior. And of course, you may have people who don't who divert from that on, on an individual level. But generally speaking, this is was normal for African people. You know, there were gender roles, but it didn't mean that those things. What does Dr. Nahusi always say? He always says, "You're what is the phrase? You're liberated." Um, you're not enslaved by your gender, right? Your, so even though, the, what is your it? sex? You're you're enslaved by your sex, but you no by your gender, but you can be liberated by your sex. I think that I think it's the opposite. I think he just says like you're you you're not enslaved by your gender, meaning like whatever a role that's created based on you're being a man or a woman doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in only that role in African culture, traditionally speaking, right? And of course, a lot of things that we see today that happen in Africa aren't African culture. So we have to be mindful to make that differentiation or even amongst African people outside of the continent as well. So I think it's really important to know that this is very um, African in the sense that we were already doing this, you know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I respect, I understand, let me say, I understand why white women had to say we need feminism because they were being oppressed by white men so they needed something to liberate them but at the same time in doing that they're also working towards oppressing other people right because in many cases those early feminists and even the current feminists some of them are racist right mm -hmm. like they have very uh racist behavior and they didn't want yep. to include black women and still don't which is why there was just a couple of years ago a book called hood feminism talking about the shortcomings of feminism right because they were ignoring all these other women who weren't in their eyes, really equal because they weren't white. So, you know, this allows us to be in our own cultural context and going back to what our ancestors were doing. Um, but actually, it still applies to today. So what other, what other aspects can we talk about? Because I would love to cover complementarity. What does that mean? I don't know if Hope wants to take that on or anybody else want to talk about what does it mean to be like complementary? Or um, Rashid or whoever. If Hope wants okay. to go first, I'm I'm taking the back seat and I'm letting y'all speak first. So if if it's okay, <laughs> I'll speak. If not, I'll, I can wait. Okay, Rashid. Um, I will quickly add something, but I really want to. I'm really interested to hear what Rashid has to say on this. Same. I love his work. Um, but yeah. Um, but I was just gonna say that uh, complementarity or um, you were just talking about feminism and which is like rooted in uh, European culture, Eurocentric values um, that although it was, um, you know, founded to help European women. And so there are things that we could agree with or whatever. It's not really complimentary. It's really a, a pushback against patriarchy, which is a European sort of cultural conception. Um, and so, African womanism and the complementarity is really, the way I see it is that if you think of the African mother being the originator of humanity of male and female, it doesn't put the woman in a superior position, it's that we all come from a mother and she is the mother of the male and the female. And so uh, the balance is there right from the beginning. Like there's the equal love for both, there's the respect for both, and we don't have to be exactly the same to be equal, you know? Um, exactly. Whereas in yeah. feminism is very much, I, I get, I've always felt like they sort of want to push women to be men and we don't need to be men. And why can't we uh, respect and honor 
that we're women and all that comes with that and the same for men. And it doesn't, it, it, that doesn't mean a particular role. We have to do this role or you have to do that role, but just this respect that our bodies are different. The biology mm -hmm. of, you know, men don't have um, lactic, you know, they don't have uh, breast milk to feed babies. They can't give birth, you know, respect that. We don't need to, um, Overtake be the same them. we complement each other yeah exactly mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. we go Love together that. and this is not to say that like you know there aren't because i know when we talk about this is a whole other topic we need to talk about as well but when it comes to people who are like you know non-binary or queer this is not to like deny and invalidate all those other uh aspects mm -hmm. because as african people all of us you know have a place and you know if you go back to ancient societies you see a lot of um queer people even filling a role or people who are considered non-binary or who are, you know, really all of us are both men and female. We want to talk mm. about biology. We're all both. And Africans understand that, you know, if you look at a lot of our deities, or our divinities, they're like that as well. God is both male and female or neither. Right. right. In African culture, we don't, we're not, we don't, we're not fighting that fight. So I do have to point that out because it's not too, say, you know, if there's something that's, you know, Completely. they're different. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. but the point is that, you know, we can also respect that if a woman wants to be in a certain position or if she has certain things that her body does, that's also okay. I don't necessarily yeah. have to say, I have to do what, let him do what he wants. I don't have to do what he's doing. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And if because a woman wants to do that, yeah. Yeah. And yes. if a woman wants to do what he's doing, that's different. But at, we have to respect both. Like, yeah. And I know that there's a new wave feminism that says it, but we've been saying this. My point is, as African people, we don't need to attach ourselves to a theory that was not created for us. We already have our own culture that validates everything that we are, every aspect of us, right? Even the things that we haven't even thought about. So we don't have right. to as black women and black men say I'm a feminist because we have our own stuff we have yeah. and we're culture. already doing the work and we we've, mm -hmm. we've never needed the umbrella term to kind of right. recognize our actions and to go to what we were mentioning earlier about complementarity the way that I understood it was exactly how Hope described it as being the balance is how we create harmony for our mm -hmm. environments and for our relationships with one another so if I am lacking as a human being. It is natural. It is a part of nature. There are certain skill sets. There are certain talents. There are certain abilities that I will not be able to physically and like wholly complete. And when I'm looking for things that and men too, yes, yes, uh, <laughs> everyone, everyone right. from our plants, from our animals, men, mm -hmm. women, we all we all possess a particular talent, unique skill that is our god our divine right and when we're navigating these worlds when we're navigating these spaces that are opposite or um different to what is natural for us naturally and from what i found in my research is that we're going to search for that harmony we're going to search for that relationship that kind of balances us out and when it comes to african womanism as a framework for that type of harmony it just says we should all respect ourselves as as we are who we are um i mentioned self-defining right. earlier we create our own identities and our own um positions in our in our communities um for someone that may kind of put things in like a feminine or masculine sort of spectrum as african people we're going to always defy those those 
those lines and blur those lines and and overstep those boundaries because in our community in our tight knit and very observed community we do a little bit of everything there are men that are cooking and cleaning and yes. doing laundry and there are women that are in the field there are women that are in the gardens there are women that are you know doing the heavy lifting of things and then up obviously opposite you know when women bear children i think that is another time that i see a lot of african men step up to the plate for their family i see a lot of african men doing things that aren't necessarily masculine or not things that and these masculine society these masculine and feminine feminine constructs are from europe a lot of the ways that we conceptualize what is manly what is womanly like that doesn't even belong to us like right because who says that a a man can't change a diaper or you know cook for his household or um what are the other feminine things oh raise his children yes right who says that men aren't able to do that and to to say that they aren't at all would be sort of kind of disrespectful to the way that african people have lived there in their society so oh my god this is so powerful I, oh, I can I, I say just something real quick? Some... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go Rashid, ahead, Rashid. Come through. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Rashid. Let me even wait. Yeah, yes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me make one point. Let me make one point. Go ahead. I'll be real quick, and I'm gonna bring it back to you. That Gemini this... energy. I know. <laughs> real quick, and then I'm, I'm gonna just. I have two points, so I'll make one. I'm gonna let you go, then I'm gonna come back, so we make it balanced. Come on, okay. African woman. Come on, harmony. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say um that. Also, I want to add too when it comes to. Back to feminism, I do want to add that, you know, this is not to say that feminism doesn't have a role and doesn't hasn't done things for that have actually benefited black women. Because I know there are certain things that have, especially when we look at black women in feminism, a lot of that has um, helped. And we have to be mindful that black women have been at the forefront of will have been pushing um, this aspect of what became feminism since Georgiana Truth and all these suffrages, suffragettes that came before feminism was even a really a thing. So I do want to add that it's, it's, we still respect black feminists and we understand where they're coming from and they have done things, not everything I agree with, but they have done things in a lot of cases that have helped our community. So it's not to, to, to say that they are bad or what or black feminism is terrible, but it's just to resituate our culture within our own, um, our own I mean, resituate our own frameworks within our own culture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rashid. All right, I, I was just gonna add a few things. Um, first, when you were talking about gender, I think a very important thing about, uh, or important work to think about is Wayne Chandler. He wrote a book called Ancient Futures. And one of the chapters, he talks about the law of gender. It says that all things are both male and female. So it shows that there's a spectrum. And before you even go into that, if we look at what it is to be human, from a comedic mm-hmm. sense. Wayne Noble talks about it beautifully. He says that we are spirit having a human experience. So that can take shape and form in all types of identities, genders, sexual orientations, um, uh, races, and things of that nature. We are all spirit having a human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then yeah. going back to the idea of complementarity, I think one thing that's beautiful about just having that foundational understanding, especially in Afrocentric lens of culture mm-hmm. and of the balance between men and women, or just idea of balance or ma'at, truth, justice, reciprocity, right. balance, harmony, uh, uh, justice and order. Uh, it's the idea that in being both men and women, you are broken from the shackles of patriarchy, especially for men. And what I mean by that is 
uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking to my cousin. I was like, man, do you ever, do you ever think about if we ever hurt grandpa's feelings? And he's like, no, nah, because we didn't give ourselves the opportunity or my grandfather didn't allow himself to have the opportunity to show that he has feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we look at complementarity, we can look at it in that way as well to know mm-hmm. that it is safe for us to be or to, to, to show emotions as well. And that's a very privileged thing for me to say coming from a grandfather who was a sharecropper. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the uh, advantages that we had to take uh, as as millennials in African-American cultures for for a lot of us, we're the first generations to be able to feel, to allow ourselves mm, to be fully right. human in our experience in this country. I think that's something we, we may take for granted and we may even still have a little uh, resentment towards our parents for that because they didn't know mm, how right. to be embrace their feel humanity. So in knowing uh, uh, the idea of complementary uh, in, in African tradition and African culture is the idea that you can be Yes, you can be strong, but you can also feel, right? right? And the idea that, you know, you can go so far by yourself, but you can go so much further with the group. And that doesn't mm. always mean your family because you have friends and uh, friends that can take you places, right? So I think for me and, and the men that I've interviewed uh, for my research, uh, there's a question I always ask them, uh, especially those who have spouses, girlfriends, and things of that nature. And I ask can you be the man that you want to be without your wife? And none of them say, mm. yes, they can. They all mm. admit that there's a certain place that they can go, but with the help of their wife, they can go so much further, right? Wow. I know for myself, with my wife, I am not whole without, mm. right? And there's there's a mm. certain level of Ooh, learning I'm that I'm emotional. able to receive okay. because of my wife. You know, so I'll that leave it there. That is a chill through my body, yes. <laughs> Yes, that is the harmony that we should all strive for in our personal Truly. relationships, whether romantic or platonic, that type right. of harmony, that, that trust in someone to to take care of us, like to right. truly nurture us, us as beings. I think that is the best part that this discipline, that this privilege of being in an academic space that allows us to, to have the language for this type of interaction. Right. I think and, that's the the beautiful part of it. And and as so that, powerful. I, I, I want to I want to be able to make it like simplified because we can see this in just our daily lives. And if someone goes to prison, what's the worst punishment they can have? Mm. Right. Solitary solitary confinement. Oh, so I was like death penalty. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> in, 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 in jail, solitary okay. confinement. Yeah, solitary confinement. It is. The idea of that. I mean, that's that's. Solitary confinement is true individualistic patriarchy. Yeah. It's just you in this world, and you got to survive. And it drives mm. people crazy. crazy. Yeah, truly. and even the idea of domination and rule. No one goes to war, comes back better. Right. So these things are against our humanity, and we see it, but we just yeah. don't have, know how to vocalize it. And that's such a good mm. point because it, it. First of all, that made me emotional. What you were saying, I was like, oh my god, yeah. But like, I was really, no, but seriously, I was really thinking about, you know, bringing it back to the cultural part. You know, there's so many aspects that we have to like really peel back. And I think that, you know, when we have this wave of black feminism and womanism prior to African womanism, African, Africana womanism, like happening, you know, this is black women searching, like, because you have to, they're looking for the answers to what this mess is and they say okay we know about feminism how can we know that it's not 
really for us? How can we make it into something that fits? And so that's us working towards more than we were getting. And I think now we finally have yeah. something that's really where we need to be. And it, it makes me reflect on the fact mm-hmm. that culturally, there are so many things that we don't even realize are abnormal in terms of us as African people, or even as human beings, yeah. you know, like going back to patriarchy, right? Like a lot of this is rooted in patriarchy. Like Rashid was saying, this yeah. idea of the, you know, of violence, like our people weren't violent people were there wars you know yeah but not to the understanding of what we see as war like was there crime yeah but not like we see crime today you know it wasn't when you go to many of these societies even if you go to just you know indigenous american societies like the indigenous peoples Mm -hmm. they didn't have prisons at all like prison wasn't even a thing in many parts of africa so like a lot of these concepts that we deal with when we're um, in our environment in the Western world, so to speak, they don't even, they didn't even exist in -hmm. our African world. And so Mm -hmm. I'm always like wondering, you know, of course we need something that will help us as African people navigate a non-African world because we, many of us still live in that type of society, but also understanding how can we uh, navigate as African people as if those things weren't even there because one day they won't be. Yeah. If, if we believe in victorious consciousness, they won't always mm-hmm. be. And so we have to understand that and, and that should be the ultimate goal. And I love this African womanism because it allows us to do both. With yeah. this, well, I feel like with feminism, it only goes against patriarchy, but it doesn't answer the question of what if there mm-hmm. was none of that? What would we mm-hmm. do? How would we be African people? You know? And I think that particular point is why I have never gravitated towards Black feminism because, or just feminism in general, because it it was missing something. It was missing that human experience that I I interact with every day, which is dealing with my loved one, dealing with men, because I, let's be honest, feminism does not embrace men and men issues the way that it should. Um, the, just everything about feminism and black feminism is so polarizing and it it it's in line with how dominant european society kind of distorts colonialism to these different aspects but i think our and i love the grace that you give black feminists black feminists not black feminism black feminists because yes they're, yeah. They are looking for something to kind of define themselves. And I guess because they haven't, I would argue, done the soul searching to kind of go with what's natural. Because in my research, we are always going to gravitate towards what brings us pleasure, what is a natural enjoyment of things. Um, and also, where's their because, consciousness at? Yes, I think that's why they take on this theory and they they practice it as sort of a defining thing instead of understanding that there are other ways of living and that it does not have to fall under or behind the white european society or women in the way that they live in their society it's it's so polarizing and i think and i think too with that i think that a lot of times people okay i want to make this real quick point before i go to the a lot of times part but I think we have to, and I'm not saying that all feminists agree with this, but it's really important. Like we don't see, we see each other. We don't see each other as opposites. Like we don't see right. men and women as opposing forces or as not to say everybody thinks of them as enemies. We're not enemies. Black men. Um, of course they're, uh, like I said, this is on a 
of course there have been situations where black men have done wrong to black women and vice versa. That's not my point. But I'm saying on a on a mass scale, we, we're not mm-hmm. enemies, we're not opposing um each other. We are complementary to each other in various ways. Yeah. Like you said, it could be romantic, platonic, whatever, family structure type of situation. But also it's really important to note that like when it um I lost my other point. What was I saying I was gonna say? You did I not forgot. mention it. <laughs> I thought I said I was going to say something about something. But I, I wanted to point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but based off what you were saying, I think that there are, there are a lot of people who also gravitate towards feminism because they don't know of anything else. Like they, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I, on a basic level, believe that men and women are equal. So mm-hmm. I'm a feminist. And I think a lot, like you, especially in pop culture or just younger people or people who may not have studied feminism mm-hmm. on an academic level read the theorists they just think oh men and women are equal so i'm a feminist yeah right. and they don't understand and- all of what it comes with besides that and they don't understand that we was already saying that before white people said that <laughs> we, we already knew that that wasn't something that we had to proclaim because mm-hmm. we had that understanding but of course a lot of us don't have that understanding anymore i'm not gonna lie that there are situations where i have seen you know black men who don't understand that but it, you have to ask yourself, what culture are you tapped into if you're thinking like that, mm-hmm. too? What is your consciousness? Because if your consciousness is Afrocentric, then you that doesn't al- align with... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to also say, and what culture you're surviving in. Right. Because, I I mean, I just think about... Um, I try to... I, I don't know. I try to use all my analogies to be as basic as possible so it can relate to... So people in my hometown can still understand me. Yes. So thinking about, uh, this is a discussion my wife and I had yesterday, uh, kids being bullied. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. we can understand, it's how would you want your kids to handle being a bully? As an adult, you'll say, well, I might not want them to talk back at them or to hurt their feelings because there's so many other things that's happening. Uh, and there's a larger picture that's making this kid be able to react to someone else. But as a kid, mm-hmm. I need to survive. So I need to act this certain mm. way to keep you from doing this thing to me. Mm. So I'm saying that, I'm saying all that to say that there's a, a level of survival that has to happen, that not has to happen, that I think happens before someone can really understand the fullness of humanity or mm. being able to see a larger picture. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. some, at least some of the men that I've interacted with and even myself, took on patriarchy or accepted the roles of patriarchy because that's the only way I knew how to survive the situations mm. that I was in. Mm. I couldn't talk Afrocentricity uh, uh, in sixth, seventh grade. Nah, right. fam, we got to knuckle up, well, right? Did but, you? But, well, yeah. I, 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 you get know what I'm saying? But that's what, I had that's to survive what you, that to get there. That's what you had, too. That was a tool yeah. you exactly. had. Exactly. And that's yeah. what you're also being kind of met with. Yeah. Which, you know, so, you know, if you're in a society where, yeah, and I, I, I want Jennifer to answer this question because I feel like you go in there, like, if you're in a place where the other people that you're up against are patriarchal or doing this, do you have to do that as a response? And of course, when you're a kid, you may not have the tools to navigate that, but like, do we have to respond with that in order to get to where we need to be? Or is it another answer? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I, I definitely think there's another answer. I don't think we have to, but I'm also not faulting people who resort to that naturally or or first because that's all they know. That right. Yeah. 
And, and I would have to agree with that answer too. Yeah, I would have to agree with Rashid and, and his answer because I think it's like fight or flight. It's the adrenaline <clears throat> that, that goes through you in the moment and you really don't have the space or the time to balance well. He hit me, so maybe I should run and, and tell someone or maybe, you know, I'm thinking like as a child not as an adult because if somebody hit me I had the response time but like just thinking about a child and like when they're dealing with bullying a lot of children don't even express when they're being bullied mm. and it makes me think about like Rashid's example when he was speaking with your cousin and uh you asked have you ever hurt grandpa's feelings you never thought about that before this moment and I think that's sort of the same Mm -hmm. idea or the same kind of um frame or you know mindset that you're in and mm -hmm. until you have that space until you have that language until you can give yourself that type of grace i don't think that there is a different response but that's only you know damned if you do sort of type of situation mm -hmm. and i was going to add um and i'm hoping that it does not escape me it did. So I oh, I'm sorry. My... Okay, it's okay. It's okay. I know how we that have is. To do with culture. Yeah. Okay, but write it down when it comes back to you if, if we're on another topic. Okay. And I wanna, I wanna bring it to hope because I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to address about African womanism. So can you talk a little bit about maybe your thoughts on why, you know, Dr. Dove chose um, womanism as the frame work versus feminism? Like, why was it woman over feminine or them right um versus you know and also you know why was african chosen instead of black for example when we when, like why why those terminologies what do those things represent um okay yeah well womanism uh to my knowledge um she was influenced by um alice walker mm -hmm. uh, who used the term um, womanism because she didn't relate to feminism. She didn't feel like a feminist. Um, and she didn't feel that it spoke to African women. Um, and so womanism, that term, um, came from Alice Walker. You know, uh, and African womanist uh, or African womanism was, uh, as opposed to black or I suppose even Africana, even though that is probably much more similar than any other um, sort of female or, or woman theory in that sense. Um, because African, my mother is a Geopian theorist. So she's, um, she was highly influenced by uh, Job's work and um, the cradle theories. And uh, for people who don't under, who don't know the Yeah, let's talk Geops. about the cradle theory, yeah. Yeah, so so Geo um, has the two cradle theory. Um, that is, uh, the first cradle, the southern cradle, is is the cradle of humanity and civilization, which is Africa, um, and where hu humans come from and humanity comes from. As humans migrated across the world in Europe, developed another culture that we can refer to as European culture. That is the northern cradle, and. So although they were originally African and moved there because of the, their environments and um, different uh, types of isolation, what they experienced there, um, the, their culture, their 
patriarchal culture, uh, whereas they came from a matriarchal culture, which is African culture. They developed this patriarchal culture where they started a, like a hierarchy where uh, the female was inferior to the male. And then from that, you move forward, you get the construction of race and the human hierarchy where you have uh, uh, the development of these different races and the gradient of like, oh, the European male and female, male at the top and then female. And you go down through yellow, red, brown, black, with the black, the African at the bottom um, and the African woman at the very bottom because of patriarchy. Um, and so African womanism is really recognizing all of that, the, the cradle theory, Africa as the cradle of humanity, the African woman as the mother of humanity, and uh, going back to that African matriarchal balance of ma'ats, male and female counterparts, um, and really just to, to <laughs> I'll sum it up at that, but just to No, add, this is great to break this down. Okay, um, just to yes. add that um, how I was saying about the African mother, my mother wrote a book called African Mothers, um, Bearers of Culture, Makers of Social Change. Um, but the African mother, like what Rashid was saying before about his grandfather and about um, being in this patriarchal society where men have to, uh, we don't really think about their feelings in a way and they taught really not to feel things. Mm -hmm. When you look at uh, African womanism and you think of the African mother as the mother of humanity and the mother of male and female and anything in between, just right? That she's the mother of humanity. These are her children. They all have to feel and she loves them all and respects mm. them all, right? Mm. So whereas patriarchy is male dominated and it, it creates, you know, it wants for men culturally mm. to not feel anything and they, and it right. plays out like that, you know? And so the woman can feel things, but she's inferior. Feeling is inferior. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and even I was telling somebody, I think it may have been on the last episode, like even looking at how if you go back far enough, like you mentioned, you can probably find elements of, of matriarchy in Europe if you go back far enough, because, you know, they're originally coming from Africa. But you have to go back super far. Right. Because patriarchy developed very early because of their environment. Um, and I think as African people, we have to understand that we don't have to accept that. Uh, regardless of where we are. I don't care if you're in mm -hmm. London, if you're in New York, you don't have to accept that. Of course, you have to navigate it because you live in that environment, but you don't have to embody that, accept that, become a part of that. And understanding the difference. Um, I remember, like I said on, on a previous episode, I remember, you know, uh, people talking about, you know, oh, African men are, you know, sexist. I've, I've heard, I mean, that's like a big stereotype. I think most people have heard or, you know, um, and I'd be like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, um, have, have you experienced that? Have you heard that? Are you actually just perpetuating something that you've never experienced or seen? Mm -hmm. um, what does that actually mean? Right. Whose culture are you referring to? Right. Also looking at, um, I remember I got into an argument. Well, I didn't even go there with her at this point, but there was a girl in my class when I was in college and um, she was, um, you know, from the Middle East. So she wasn't Europe, but she was Arabic. And I remember she like got really upset because she was saying something about uh, something that was feminist. She was a feminist. And I remember telling her, I'm like, 
um her okay so it was her and a, a white girl they got into this conversation where they're on the same page and I was on the other side and I remember she was saying something about you know coming from Islam because she was you know Muslim and I'm like okay well that's Islam that's your environment that doesn't apply to what I'm talking about and I was telling the white girl the same thing because they were like on the same page and I said like when has a, have black men ever oppressed white women I'm like when has that ever happened ever like and if you look at black men oppressing black women that has happened on a larger scale but what were the factors why was that happening and what was being embodied and how much of that does that how much of that time period where that happened because if you read the book um bell hooks ain't i a woman she talks about this but how big of a time period was that compared to all the history where that never happened with black men and black women? Mm-hmm. Like, and what I culture think, are they practicing? Exactly. And I think that's what you have to say. What culture are they practicing? You can be black and not be practicing African culture. Of course. Yeah. And, and, and we have to differentiate that. You know, when mm-hmm. we talk about these things, are you are these people trying to be Arabic? Because that can be a, a case. And are they trying to be European? Yeah. Like, why are you seeing this? Because. But from my experience, you know, I didn't experience that. Of course, you do have always exceptions. But when you really look at it fundamentally, you haven't seen that black men across the years have just oppressed black women. Like it hasn't been like this mass going over thousands of years of a history. It just has not ever been that where you can say that in European culture that that has been the case. Right. It has not been that for us. So I think we have to understand that and understand you know maybe individual examples and be able to navigate like what does it actually mean where are these things coming from how can we reject certain things that aren't our culture so that we don't act like that towards each other um and I think another important part about the terminology is you know I love the use of womanism because it brings us together as human like Mm. we're not just females yeah right because a female can be a puppy you know, it's always a female a plant, plant, a tree, a female a plant. So we're human beings, and mm-hmm. um, for that reason, we're women, and they're men. Like we don't have to necessarily just be this biological reproductive thing. Like we're more than that, you know. So I think yeah. I really, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure your, your mother talked about that too. And I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's really important, you know that she used the term womanism um, and that she brought the term African into it because it connects to a cultural perspective, mm-hmm. not just a racial, racialized situation that we mm-hmm. often experience. It's beyond the race aspect. You know, it's all about, you know, the culture, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, go let's, let's go to Hope and then Jennifer and Rashid. I know y'all, I think that was the order at which I heard Let Rashid go next. Okay, so Hope, Rashid, Jennifer. <laughs> Well, I was just going to add to this is just expanding it, but we we can also keep it, you know, um, where we're at. And then there's a way when you look at it, like um, if you look at the the indigenous Australian people, what we call aboriginals, right? Yes, that, I was black. just they're talking about black. them. Yes. Yeah. And, and if you like nowadays, you have they are quite patriarchal in the sense that you'll have some of the men abusing the women. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, in many places, like the First Nations people in America, this happens. If you look yeah. at the studies, the same thing, but they are practicing European culture 
Um, and they weren't like that. They're, they're, it's a matriarchal culture that they come from. Right. Um, and I could even say African matriarchy as in they, it's very similar. The practices, women are respected uh, when you go back in these cultures and, and yes. you look at the way people are today, often they're not practicing um, in certain mm. ways. They're not practicing the culture. Um, so I just wanted to, to, to add that, like, that's a very um, point. Yeah. Because, because I think you have to make that distinction because I think when you just say, oh, I'm going to be a feminist, you're not necessarily addressing what you're saying. You're not saying like, we're going back to this matriarchal African matriarchal heritage and all the things that come with that. You know, um, I heard somebody say, oh, well, well women, well, women ruling. It didn't necessarily mean that women were oppressing men in matriarchy. Yes. Cause that's not, yes. these are not opposites. Like, women weren't oppressing men in African matriarchy, whereas in European patriarchy, men are oppressing pretty, pretty much everybody, white yeah. men that is. But in African matriarchy, it wasn't an oppressive state. It just meant that women, you know, had a different um, role and had many roles and played just a different, they had a different capacity, you know, in those societies, right? Um, and I think another thing to add, to that is even the idea of governing doesn't mean rule or domination. Govern means I have this role, but I work with the people to lay law and so our community can, can continue to flourish. Um, I wanted to say a few more things or just plug a few things because like I am a student of Dr. Dove, but I'm also just like a, a huge fan of her work. And I think if you want to look at her work, especially that with Dr. Asante, they just wrote a book last year or a book that came out last year, Being Human Beings. Uh, and then if you want to know more about, I know Dove got, uh, Hope got the, got the you book. You know, the book show. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, she has an article on African womanism and Afrocentric theory that came out in 1998. A little bit, it blurs oh, yeah. out every so often. But yeah, being that's it, being human being. Human being. Yeah. Yes, it's forwarded by uh, even Kindy, I believe. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, she has an article. She has an article, uh, African African womanism, that came on the Journal of Black Studies in '98. That I think everyone should reference. Yes, uh, definitely. And then definitely. definitely look at the work of Shake on the Jolt, especially the African Orders and the Civilization, uh, Civilization of Barbarism, and the uh, uh, Cultural Unity of Black Africa are all great books to look at to continue like learning about what we're discussing today. So I'll, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, That's thank you brilliant. so much for sharing those. Thank and thank you, um, Hope, for, um, I was about to call you Dove, but thank you, Hope. <laughs> can. For, hey, come on, it's it's going to be another Dr. Dove soon. I, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy. I just, that just, Dr. Dove is everything. That just makes me so happy. And yeah. So I, um, I know Jennifer, um, did you have something else that you wanted to add about, um, We've talked about a lot. We talked about, you know, African matriarchy, about Afrocentricity, you know, about my aunt, Joe, all these different topics, feminism. What is there anything else that you wanted to add um, or anybody for that matter wanted to add on this? I actually do. And it's I, I guess it gives a lot of responsibility to Rashid, but I'm curious to hear from a male perspective because I do study African womanism and I try to practice it daily. But what I run into are men that are kind of resistant to opening their hearts and their minds to empathy and mm -hmm. an empathy that is like 
widespread, not just in their close familial circles where it's mom, grandma, and daughter or, you know, son, but because not even the girlfriends or, you know, mother of their children, but like, how can we get our Black men, our African men, continental and diasporic, to just have better empathy for, you know, the circumstances of Black people? Because I... Mm. I don't want to generalize it, but I run into and I meet and have a conversations with a lot of men that are very individualistic to their own circle in their own communities. And mm. what I find is that Black women specifically are going into social work. We're going, we're at teachers, we're in these helping capacities where empathy is kind of the bare minimum of the job description. And there's not a lot of men. Mm. So, you know, I don't know if I, I'm I framing think, it correctly. No, I hear, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't, I don't think empathy is, is, is so much the issue uh, because I think we just express it in a different way where you would see a, uh, as, as your example stated, you would see a woman going into social work to help. You could see a black man going into business so he can have the capital to help. So the way in which we show support is just mm. different in a way that we can be more, uh, I guess, emotionally open in general is to have a safer environment. Uh, mm. This is a hellicious environment for a black man to grow up in uh, mm. from uh, within his own racial group where he's constantly told he isn't worthy uh, or what he isn't, right? It's, it's a weird equation of what a black man is. It's It's subtraction, it's addition by subtraction, right? Mm. <clears throat> I figure out who I am by trying to neglect or debunk these things that says what I am. You get what mm. I'm saying? So yes. I'm not patriarchal. Yes. I'm not uh, mm. sexist. I'm not a uh, womanizer, but what am I? And we mm. don't have that by the, that definition of who I am. And I think that's, that's what I'm trying to do in my work uh, when I interview men and I look at a uh, uh, Jopian analysis and use my aunt as the foundation of manhood. Uh, because usually our ideas of manhood are based on a religious or a cultural or a patriarchal idea that is really alien to us. And if you talk to Black mm. men, they don't practice it the way in which they may showcase it. Mm. Uh, and every man, at least that I've talked to, they still feel that they go through a rites of passage and it's said in different ways, be it college, military, mm. uh, prison, uh, rehab. These are different mm. forms of rites of passage. But what they're looking yeah. for is guidance throughout. And unfortunately, through different governmental programs and different just overall forms of oppression, we haven't had uh, mm. uh, males throughout our lives to help continue and mentor us so yeah, yeah. i hear what you're saying but i think that you you got to understand the situation so you can feel the heart a little bit uh, a little bit more because my grand there's uh fences right in the movie mm -hmm. in the in the in the film fences, right and he that says, movie makes me like, mad well, well yeah, well, but there's, there's an important point where you ask him, his son asks him do you like me what is it what, I, mm -hmm. I don't oh, gotta like, like you I don't have to like you, but I, I need to feed you. And, you know, it doesn't matter if, if I give you all the things, uh, the materialistic things, I'm trying to prepare you for this world. And I think about my own father who wasn't emotionally open, but was emotionally there for me in the best way that he mm -hmm. could be, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's, you gotta understand where people are and people can only give you what they can. 
And for a lot of men, I think a lot of them are doing a phenomenal job. And I think a lot of them are searching for my aunt, but they don't know right. the language of it. They don't know yeah. how to yes. do that. And we need, yes, thank we you need, for that. We thank need you. this. And this goes back to what I said at the beginning, like offline about like, you know, when we raise our black men, giving them these tools so that they can do that. And actually, I'm I'm really excited about your research because I I mean it complements um and really what we're talking about so well you know because all African people I would argue those at least those who want to be Afrocentric you know everybody doesn't want yeah. that and y'all can do what y'all want to do mm-hmm. for those people but those who really want to be a part of this um, movement but also those who really want the best for the African community and have this type of perspective you know I feel like all of us should be African womanist male or man, female, or woman, I should say man or woman, right? We should all embody this. So I think that's really important that you you said, um, Rashid, that it, it there's so many layers and it depends on where you are. Like what, like if you grew up in, you know, Senegal, since we were talking about Senegal earlier, your context is completely different or different in a lot of ways. Let me say, I say completely than it is as a, as a black person or African person growing up in the United States. Different yeah. things to navigate. Of course, you still have racism, but racism is different in those places. You know, it looks different. Um, but you have you growing up on the continent versus you growing up in the Western society. Of course, all these places have been colonized for the most part, but you get my point. It's just different um, to a certain extent. So I would love to see how this plays out into different environments um both what your your research and also african womanism in general and i got to talk to you on offline about rites of passage a program we got to talk about that because we need that for all of our um our black children and that's a big part of it too like becoming what does it mean to become a woman what does it mean to become Mm. a man you know because Mm. from african from our african culture that's completely different than what it means yep for exactly. Europeans and other groups exactly. of yeah. people, it's completely different. And, you know, in African culture, you're not even fully an adult. You're not fully, not even by fully being an adult, you're not even fully human, right? Like, we're looking at adulthood. We're looking in, in, in this world of the West. I put air quotes on that. But when we look at African mm. culture, we're looking at you becoming per- a person, a full human being. It's not just about becoming right. an adult, and a, there's only, yeah, like, it, and it's different layers and levels and, you mm-hmm. you know, different rights, literally, that you have to go through. In a lot of cases, you're not even considered fully there until you have children. You know, it there is just a right. whole different culture. That's just what it boils right. down to. So I think yeah, we have to talk about what that even means and how, um, you know, African womanism can help us to achieve those things or navigate those things you know yeah and that's why part of the reason why I asked the question that I asked because I'm raising a son but I know I'm always going to be his soft cushion of security and love and comfort and confidence for him but it's everyone else around me you know how can I be that for my for my father for my partner for my best friend you know all these males that make up who I am and and you know add to my life how can I be that for them? And not saying they're resistant to what I'm doing. They actually enjoy me speaking about these things, but you know, just having a, a greater impact for the men that I encounter. How how can I, 
you know, open my arms to them because I can't. Well, I feel like I don't have all of the language that some men need, you know, mm. because of those layers. Mm. I didn't. I didn't know. Is that directed as a question? <laughs> no, no. I oh, was I, was like, I can. I can give an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. If you have some ideas of like, well, I, I think this conversation is one of them because it's it's. Um, reorienting ourselves into an African idea, an African framework of being, right? So just because we talk about patriarchy doesn't mean that it's just a, a thing that men practice. It's something that women practice Oh, that's well. a good point. Oh, that's right. a good point. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And because of the standards of patriarchy that some women impose on men, they're going to be, I'm going to be extra patriarchal so I can get the yep. best woman mm. I can get, right? Mm. Uh, and, 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 and vice versa, mm. right? Some women will be extra submissive because they want the uh, alpha male type idea, which is a, right. a very weird concept because in alpha male, they kind of use that to like right. sexually exactly. dominate other men uh, in Europe, like the gladiators that everyone be like, yeah, be a, be a gladiator, be a warrior. They were like, like raping each other to see who what? was the most dominant. Yeah, yeah so like this idea of alpha male is like so weird that people utilize. It, yeah, that's, that's that's a conversation for another day. But I'm glad you brought no, that up. We're gonna have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up because I mean, because you even see that happening. You know, Doc. You know, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson brings that up a lot. You know, this and and how that plays a role into racism. The the the, the mm-hmm. idea of of, of sex and sexuality and and that's intertwined. And that's I really think it's because of the fact that racism emerges from um sexism essentially like those that that mm. those gender roles and that um not gender roles but that um patriarchy is first the first um in terms of how it was broken down was first about the the genders or the, the first sexes. like imbalance yes like, exactly yeah. and then it becomes about race so those things are intertwined you know and that's mm. a definitely read um the isis papers too mm. definitely definitely rashid i'm sorry were you done continue uh, I, I'm going to go on a long tangent, but in, in very simple terms, continue to have conversations like this and reorient ourselves into ideas of womanism and manhood uh, or womanhood and manhood that helps build healthy families. Because that's the whole purpose of manhood and womanhood, to build yeah. and sustain healthy families. So I think if we have that type of conversation, like your goal as a man is to make sure that you are the best father instead of the, uh, to have a million dollars, that it's right. okay. Like your salary mm-hmm. does not determine your value as well as your sexual prowess doesn't determine your ability to be a husband. If we start mm-hmm. to reorient those type of uh, conversations, I think we can uh, have, uh, as well as reposition ourselves just in, or destroy the racial ladder and have mm-hmm. an overall culture that's mm-hmm. safer black yes. men to be human i think you'll see yes. uh more humane responses but i yeah, think i, I also want to say that we are already doing the work uh it's just not shown publicly yeah yeah i can't wait to buy my son your book rashid yeah. <laughs> look I, my son's I, gonna be in your rights of passage for program free. that we for free. Yeah. yeah no i'm not <laughs> for free. seriously and then um hope did you have any other final thoughts about the topic um just it's been so brilliant listening to everybody's um 
take and and uh, ideas and views. Um, really, I I agree with the title of this of the podcast today. Everybody should be an African um, womanist and um, just in agreement with uh, both Jennifer and Rashid. But what Ra Rashid was talking about in his work, my artisity and uh, men. Uh, African men being able maybe to hopefully through your work, Rashid, gravitate towards um, Ma'at is essentially going to push them towards African womanism because it's grounded in Ma'at. Right. So, yeah. And push them towards African women. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I, I, I've never met a black man I didn't want to be with a black woman. I, I promise you. You haven't well, met I that? I haven't, I haven't met one. But you know, obviously, if there's an African man that doesn't now, want to be with if me, if end up with one, it's a different subject. But <laughs> you said what? I said if end they up ended with up with one? one, if they ended up with a black woman, was is a different conversation. But I uh, every every black man that, I, that I've ever talked to, their first preference has always been black women. I, I feel you, mm. and I I get that, but I will say I don't want to be with an, a black man that doesn't want to be with a black woman. I just. Yeah, I mean, I don't have no history. Same. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't even want that, but it, it's just, you know, we I, that's an interesting topic for another day. Not but another yeah. gumbo. Episode. Oh, no. <laughs> Ciao. Yeah, so um, I want to thank you all like awesome. so much. Y'all are brilliant um, and phenomenal. Just, uh, I, I'm, I'm just so, I mean, the episodes are always good, but I think this one is really important too because it, Cover something that I think a lot of people haven't talked about. And especially with, you know, a lot of these things like, you know, feminism, you know, becoming more mainstream, you know, because a lot of these things used to be just with activists or with the, the academy, the academy, you know, like now that these things are becoming like people know about all these terms. Mm. I think it's important that African womanism be a term that people trend in yeah that trends you know that people yeah. know about and they can be like hey like yeah. i don't have to accept this how it is i can there is more there's something else yeah. that is for me yeah. um i don't have to navigate and i and i do want to say really quickly because i just thought about this point with that jennifer made earlier um i remember being in college and you know i was always i always knew i was black right the way I was raised, my parents like, you black, you African, you Creole, that's a whole other conversation. But those are the three identities I grew up with very early. I was always all three, and I very much so understood that um, and was aware of that growing up. I never thought of myself as a, a woman. Like, I knew I was a girl. Like, I knew that yeah. I would one day be a woman, technically. But I never, like, it wasn't something I thought about. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I was never consciously aware of being discriminated against because of it you know in my immediate environment I would argue that you know I come from a, a family that practices African womanism my dad never put limitations mm -hmm. on us um him and my mom were very complimentary and still are so I never grew up in a, an environment at least in my immediate environment even with my family friends and my cousins and uncles and aunts I never experienced that now of course I definitely yeah. experienced it going into school but I didn't I wasn't it was just I was so sheltered by such going up growing up in such the correct way in that sense that sometimes mm -hmm. I didn't even notice it you know because I'm like oh he's just stupid he said I couldn't do it because I'm a girl I'm like oh he's just stupid I never really even it never hit me to where I felt limited by what this yeah. little white boy said on the playground because it did I remember him saying oh you can't 
play kickball. I'm like, what? You're stupid. Yeah, I remember <laughs> thinking that as like a seven-year-old. And of course, other yeah. Black women didn't always have those experiences. But for me, that was mine. I'm thankful. So because of that, like, I, it wasn't really always apparent to me certain things as a woman or as a young girl. And I remember it really became apparent to me that, oh, wow, like this discrimination thing is real against women when I traveled to Eurasia. And I'll say that because it's Turkey, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, Turkey is part of its Europe, part of its Asia. And I think that's like a perfect example because you have like European culture and you have like this Middle Eastern type of, I mean, it's not really Middle Eastern, but you know what I mean? It's like an influence from the Arab world like as Arabian, well. Arabian, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, oh, this is wild. The things that I experienced, just, I mean, just straight up craziness. And it had to do with, you know, not only me being a woman, but me being a black woman, me being an African woman. I was treated different as an African woman than uh, the white girls that I was with, to be frank, uh, or the white women I was with. It was very obvious Mm -hmm. that I was being targeted because of me being a black woman. And that's a whole other conversation. I think I may have talked about it in another episode um, and so I remember coming back to the U.S. and being like, when I was in, I studied abroad, and I was being, I was like, okay, now I got to be a feminist or something because now I'm like, oh shoot, this is very clear to me now that this thing is real. It's real, and I've experienced mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm going. I went to this workshop and I was talking to this lady who ran like the women's studies department or something at school, and I was like, why aren't there any black feminists? I remember asking her that in college. I was like, I've never heard of any black feminists. Of course, I was just ignorant. I didn't know. I was like, why aren't black women feminists? And I remember her telling me there there really aren't any, which was a complete lie. And she well, knew. Past 1991, she, there's a plethora of black feminists that she could have chose. She knew better. <laughs> she lied. She knew better. Mm. She saw me searching for answers. And instead of saying there are some, Here maybe I don't have the names. Because she ran a women's studies department, so she knew. Right? Mm-hmm. And she lied which was a, a, a mess, but, but I'm glad she did say that because it made me say, okay, well, you know, something is not right about feminism. If this woman is saying black, black women aren't feminists, which was not the case, then there's something that's not right. There's a reason why I don't know about it. There's something that we, mm-hmm. need, to, we need to find. I'm a black woman, but how does that, how does that fit for me as a black woman? So I'm thankful for all of those experiences because it led me to African womanism. It led me to say, okay, Absolutely. there has to be something else. Like this can't be, what the answer is from what I, the way I think about myself as an African woman, you know, there has yeah. to be more. So I'm, I'm thankful for all of that, of all those experiences. <laughs> and of course for Dr. Dove and Clara Hudson Weems, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. who, you know, created Africana womanism. Cause you know, we need that. And also like just thankful to be African because we was already doing this thing, you know, mm-hmm. we've been doing this thing yeah. since the beginning of time. And will, and still will. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will always prevail. That is the best part about our culture. Victory is ours. Okay. Yes. Like, like, like the, lift every voice and sing. Come so, on. <laughs> <laughs> look, we, we knew no matter what religion, we already knew. And so um, I want y'all to take a moment to go ahead and share any activities y'all have coming up, events, or just ways that our listeners can connect with you. And we'll start, we'll go in order of like how I introduce you all. So we can start with Jennifer. Okay. Um, well, this has been a pleasure. I want to thank Lindsay again for inviting me. I want to thank Hope and Rashid for sharing their work, their passions, their hearts with me. Um, I feel like I, I was already an African womanist, but I'm 
even deeper into it. And it this conversation just regalvanized me for the movement. So thank you to you all. Um, a good way that the audience can connect with me is through Instagram uh, at jpgm.a. Um, that is where you'll find a lot of my scholarship, my blog posts. Um, it's a lifestyle and hip hop blog. So I'm mixing the two popular cultures and explaining how we do it best. Um, just you know contact me through my website jenniferpgardner.com i have a consultant agency where i help small black businesses build bridge build bridges through networking through social media through event planning so if you're interested in any of all of that please hit me up yes i'm be hitting you up okay let's go to <laughs> rashi okay uh, I think I'm a disappoint. I'm just a regular old Saginaw kid, man. So I, I don't have like much you are not regular. or anything like you that. Yeah, I am. Any regular, regular person can do what we do. You regular, but you also are not regular. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I have a I have a Facebook, but I'm I'm not on it. So I mean, really, the best way to contact me uh, would be via email. Uh, you can email me at rashidj at temple.edu. That's R-A-S-H-E-E-D-J at temple.edu. Uh, I am working on my dissertation proposal. So I'm working on that. Uh, I am new to this husband game. So I'm trying to do that as best as I can. And hopefully going to the role of father uh, fairly yeah. soon. So uh, if you're in Philly, you'll just see me riding on my bike. If not, I mean, just hit me up. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm interviewing a lot of men uh, and their spouses or girlfriends or partners um, about ideas of manhood, both men and women on their ideas of manhood. So if you're interested in that, participating in that, feel free to shoot me an email, or if you have questions, let me know. That's great. I'm like, I'm gonna email you too. All right, and last but not least, uh, Hope. I'm, I'm a bit like Rashid in that way. I'm not, I've, I have a Facebook, I'm not really on there. And the same, my Instagram is so, it's just, like some family that's it um so i'm not really i don't really have a social media platform um and i too i'm working on research towards my dissertation um and getting there and um yes you could contact me i guess at uh, hope dove that's h-o-p-e dot d-o-v-e at temple dot edu um and can i just say to, to resound what jennifer said it's been such an honor so beautiful here and Jennifer, Rashid, and you, Lindsay. What a great discussion. I feel really honored to be here. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you also. Lindsay. You're the best. Oh, I love yeah, y'all. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Oh, y'all the best, really. Well, thank y'all so much, really. And uh this has been just phenomenal, really. Like, I mean, I can say that over and over. Um and so thanks again to also all of our listeners. We appreciate you and I hope that you you know, got something amazing from this and be sure to connect with us um, on our website, tinyurl.com slash gumbo the podcast. Also on Instagram, gumbo the podcast. And I hope you enjoy your bowl. Hey,